Welcome to All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's first podcast where we talk about movies, books, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maricot. And we are so happy to be here. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? Um, it's Monday, so I'm wonderful. Of course. As, it's as best, always. It's the best day of the week. Yeah. It's, Who um, doesn't love Mondays? It's not warm outside? Mm, I love that, too. It's, well, you know, it's, it's Buffalo. It's what happens. Yeah. Okay, but that makes me think, because we're talking about cold, um, you had recommended um, that over the weekend I watch the movie Wind River, yes, which recently was released on DVD, and we just got it in at the library. Um, and yeah, I want to talk about that. Yes, it's such a great movie. Yes. So for people that haven't heard about it, uh, the premise, it is about, the main character is Corey Lambert. and uh, Played by Jeremy Renner. Played by Jeremy Renner. And he is a wildlife officer in very snowy Wyoming, who ends up finding the body of an 18-year-old girl on an American Indian reservation. Um, and, if, you know, she was murdered and assaulted, and then they send FBI agent Jane Banner. She's played by Elizabeth Olsen. Yep. Um, so she arrives to investigate, and then they kind of uh, team up to find out you know, who committed this crime and then it kind of puts their lives in danger, too. And that's all we'll say without giving too much away. Yeah, you don't want to get too deep into the weeds to it because it's one of those uh, twist and turn kind of movies. So giving away any more would kind of uh, kind of ruin the surprises that you're in for in this one. Yeah, it. so I really liked it. It was sort of a slow burn. Yes. Um, but that was perfect for it. It really took you out of your element which I think was intentional. Well, yeah, it's got a lot to do with the setting because uh, you said it's in Wyoming, but it's also specifically set on a uh, Native American reservation uh, in uh, Wyoming, which actually plays a huge part into the plot and uh, like the overall feeling of isolation and stuff that's going on throughout the whole movie. Yes. Like um, just the fact that they're stuck in, there's nothing on reservations. Like this one especially, it just seems like a lot of like stark, barren, empty land, uh, everything's covered in snow. There's like everywhere you look, there's nothing but snow and cold. Yeah, I was cold watching this. I was like, I'm going to stop complaining about Buffalo because people live in Wyoming. Yeah, you're like, oh, why would you why would you possibly live under these conditions? It's this <laughs> snowy and barren and just miserable looking. Yeah. So we talked a little bit a bit in our last episode about Hell or High Water, and this movie was also written uh, by the same screenwriter, which is Taylor Sheridan, and he directs this, and I think it's an undeniably strong uh, debut with that. I mean, the way the movie opens, it's like a breathtaking night sky, there's snow-capped mountains, and then to see the, the like very shocking, um, this girl running you know, barefoot across this stretch of land, and then everything after that is just tragic. Yeah, I don't want to get I don't want to get kind of cheesy with it, but you get a cold open of just this girl running oh, across. No. Yeah, got to got to break up tension. It's Monday. Where's the edit button? <laughs> Terrible. Um, but yeah, you get like you just see this girl running across a just uh, an empty, barren white field, uh, barefoot, and you're like, what is going on here? What could 
what caused all this? It immediately grabs your attention. Yes. I felt like I was kind of hooked uh, right from the beginning. And the whole, so taking place on the Indian Reservation, I really loved the last movie, Hell or High Water, that he also wrote. And that was directed by uh, David McKenzie. Yes. And the thing with that, the difference between these two movies is that one tended to kind of maybe overstate the hard times in the United States theme. So every fifth shot or, or so would show like a house with a foreclosure sign and there was a bankruptcy lawyer's billboard. And so, you know, it was a little heavy handed, whereas um, I felt like Taylor Sheridan's direction was a little more subtle. Um, he didn't really bring the hammer down on the subtext you know there was like one shot in the beginning of the reservation where it had like the upside down american flag and i feel like other than that he let the terrible situation of the reservation sort of speak for itself well that's the advantage you get like in a when you're doing this kind of movie with a setting like the reservation because you don't really need to do much you just kind of put the camera there and just film what you see yeah. And then that itself is just going to cover, it's going to get across everything you want. The um, the hopeless idea, the kind of trapped, um, claustrophobic feel that you can yeah, get at the, times. Yeah, the drug use and... Alcoholism. And just a really... Um, the fact that even in the, um, as the movie they mentioned, that just people just disappear on the reservation and then nobody has any idea. And like, that, and again, we're just going to, so we've really only described the first scene of the movie, but it is based on a true story. And then just to skip ahead to the end, they do make a comment that, so while statistics are kept for every sort of human that yes. goes missing in America, there are no statistics kept at all about Native American women that go missing. So they're like, they have no idea. Which is shocking. Like, how do you, how does one group like that just get completely cut out of something like that? It seems like of everything you want to keep statistics on, it's people themselves. Yeah. Well, finding out that, you know, homicide on an Indian reservation is a federal crime. So that the, the local authorities, like, they had an amount of land the size of Rhode Island, and they had six reservation police officers, you know, to six, watch that area. Six for the state of Rhode Island. Like, yeah, so try it, to wrap your brain around that kind of quote-unquote law enforcement. Yeah, and that they really output. didn't have much luck with the FBI when they came. So, you know, it showed a lot of different aspects, and plus it gave you kind of like a, a crime drama um, on top of you that. get a nice who done it while while you're watching it if that's more your thing you know you got the character drama you get the uh, the searching the um, all that kind of stuff you get all that all wrapped into one piece so yeah it's got pretty much something for everybody that's like a crime um, thriller fan yeah so at times even though maybe it could be a little dark um, you definitely didn't want to stop watching it why don't we play a, a quick clip from it to kind of give you an idea of the setting over here, see this one? See how the toes turned out? The front is much deeper than the back. That says she's running. Come here, let me show you. She ran until she dropped here. See the pool of blood where her face hit the snow. Now it gets 20 below here at night. So if you fill your lungs up with that cold air and you're running, you can freeze them up. Your lungs fill up with blood. You start coughing it up. So wherever she came from, she ran all the way here. Our lungs burst here. Well, how far do you think someone could run barefoot out here? Oh, I don't know. How do you gauge someone's will to live, especially in these conditions? 
Yeah, so even hearing that is kind of difficult. It definitely takes you right back yeah, into it, the moment of watching it. Yeah, it's um like I said, it's a it's a very dark movie at times, but it is definitely worth like the journey of having to deal with all of that. And it, a story that needs to be told. Yes, it, you don't see many movies set uh, in Native Americans in general, but definitely not an awful lot set on the reservation. Like, yeah. Was it Smoke Signals? That's about it. And this was a very important film to him. The reason that instead of just writing it, he wanted to direct it is that he was worried that in the wrong hands, it could come off as offensive. Which it probably very well easily could have if yeah. you do it wrong. You know, so so Taylor Sheridan is very interesting. So I read an interview with him in Rolling Stone magazine. And so he grew up in North Texas. And he then moved to L.A. to take a stab at showbiz. And he was there for several decades with parts like cop number three in you know TV shows and stuff. So he was seriously contemplating moving his family mm. to Wyoming to become a full-time wrangler. And then what happens next is kind of Hollywood lore. So he decided to try his hand at penning a few spec scripts despite never having written anything previously. And within six months, he finished three of them. Miraculously, he sold two of them right away. And even more miraculously, one of them was Sicario with Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin, which topped many of the 2015 year-end lists, and the other was Hell or High Water, which was the sleeper hit of 2016. So, so think about this. This is a guy who his most biggest claims to fame was playing a cop on Veronica Mars and a cop on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, and Those were his, oh, two, right. his two big roles prior to this. His first two screenplays right out of the, right out of the box are both nominated for Academy Awards for Best Screenplay. Yeah. Um, he's got Wind River, which he also, you know, helped write the work on the screenplay with and directed. That has a possibility to get uh, nominated. He also is writing uh, next year. His next movie is most likely going to be up for Best uh, Screenplay for Soldado, which is the sequel to Sicario, Ooh. which is in production now. Oh, and I did not know that was happening. Oh, yeah. They got Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro's back. It's a legit sequel. Not. They don't have the same director, but they got the same writers and everything. So it's. I think be... we're we're gonna get a lot from him. Oh, we can have high hopes about Taylor Sheridan. I, yeah, I think he's definitely a director slash writer to to keep your eye on because so far he's got a great great list going already. I think really the whole cast. Um, so Jeremy Renner, who is the star, who has shown a lot of potential. Okay. I th- he's been in quite a few things. I'd say so. My favorites, um, obviously, Hurt Locker. Of course. Was fantastic. Um, Arrival. Arrival. Oh, um, I loved Arrival. Can we talk about that one show? Oh, are we, we should talk just talk about, about alien movies one show. We can talk about Arrival for a long time. I we have no can. problem with that. He, okay, well. Uh, well. He also uh, famous for National Lampoon's Senior Trip oh, and SWAT. He was also the bad guy in that. Uh, assass- I did not see those. Uh, you probably better off. They didn't sound good. Um, he's also uh, Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh, he's that was a him. good movie. Um, he's Underrated. A, he's also uh, one of the biggest actors in Hollywood because he is in two major franchises. He's in the Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and he is also Hawkeye in the Avengers movies. So yeah, he's killing it. He and the, he was in The Town. He was in The Town, yes, with Ben Affleck. That's that was a, a really great very movie. Very good movie. Okay, so, and again, all of those are available at the library, and we highly recommend you check all of them out, except maybe Swamp. Except, oh, probably know. Senior Trip, too. <laughs> stay, stay away from the early Jeremy Renner. 
Yeah. But he's not the only one. There's also Elizabeth Olsen, who... Uh, I have been waiting for her to make, like, a huge splash. Like, I think she's really talented. The first thing I saw her in was that Martha Marcy May Marlene, which was about, like, a damaged woman who struggles to re-assimilate her family after was, fleeing a cult. That was her first movie uh, after, if you don't count, like, you know, being in the Mary-Kate Nashley movies when she was a kid. <laughs> I do not. Which you Shockingly. Shouldn't, you shouldn't. Like, you I know, don't count that. Just count that out of the filmography. Yes, she is an Olsen sister. She's just not a twin. Yeah, she's the younger sister, where yeah. apparently all the acting talent ended up in this family. She's also in that film, Did You Happen to See Liberal Arts? I did not. Yeah, probably not. It was just a small indie film. It had Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I saw her in uh, Silent cute. House. That's a good horror movie where there's like they play with sound and stuff. That was another breakthrough hit oh, can i just go back now that you said that the sound in wind river oh yes that was the creepiest soundtrack i feel like they made music out of people like humming and moaning and the wind itself like just when like their snowstorm was blowing the wind itself you just you got cold listening to the sound design on there i feel like during the academy awards when they talk about sound direction and people win awards i'm often like what? I don't... The sound in the movie? Like, I don't remember that. So when you watch a film and you notice how good the sound is, like, they better be nominated for that. Yeah, and it's, it's such a rarity because um, people underrate sound. Like, it's one of the things that they always seem to forget about in movies that, like, you can get a lot of emotion and you can manipulate an audience just by what you're having them hear at any given time. Dunkirk yeah. last week as well Um, Yeah. had a big part with that, so... Definitely. And then just I'll quickly mention... Two actors that you see a lot, Native American actors in the film. So Graham Greene, who has been in a million films. He is... Activist, uh, has, author. Yes, an Iroquois uh, ancestry. He's best known as Kicking Bird from Dances with Wolves. So we all fell in love with him. And then Gil Birmingham was in this movie. Yes. And he yeah. is of Comanche and ancestry. And he was also in Hell or High Water. He it, was kind of one of the best parts of that movie. He too. was the, uh, the the partner, right? He was that Yes. Movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's not an awful lot of Native American actors out in Hollywood. So, you know, those are two of the big ones. But they Or there might be, but sadly, they're always cast as Indians and not just like person existing yeah, in the world. Yeah, it's a sad. sad I mean, Hollywood fact. is definitely coming along a lot since, you know, they had the um, Oscars so white. I feel like you definitely see more diversity, but not nearly as much as we should be. So, OK, so we'll move along, obviously check out Wind River, um, but it got me thinking about uh, books about Native Americans. So I was kind of going through um, books that I have read and ones that I would recommend. So obviously Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. Classic from the 70s. It is. Um, I know there was a little pushback maybe nowadays because it wasn't written by a Native American, but Dee Brown did a wonderful job um, I was horrified the entire time that I read the book. As you should be. When <laughs> yeah. anybody actually looks oh. at the n- treatment of Native Americans in 19th century America, it's especially so bad. in the West, it's It's like you terrible. know it's bad, but then when you really read it like event by event, you're just like, oh, really, really terrible things have happened. And well, we act it's like, it's, a, like it's in the past. It's an ongoing problem, actually. Yeah. And then one other one I'll throw in that I read just uh, a couple months ago for the library's book club is The Absolutely True Story of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. I've heard great things about that. It's book. so good. And for a young adult book, um, it really captured, I think, reservation life and the struggle of, you know, a Native American trying to assimilate 
into maybe white society about this young boy going to a prominently white school. Um, it's a great book. It is, they, we the book club, everybody really, really liked it and, you know, all different age brackets and everything. It can be a little controversial to some people because it's a, got some adult stuff in there. but It has teenage stuff in teenage there, stuff which in then there. people think like, Teens don't talk that way or think that way, yeah, and it's like sure they don't. Yeah, it, it's a YA book, but you know, it's it's a legit you know teen teen drama. That's how they actually act and everything. We yeah, were all definitely. teens once. Okay, um, I'm gonna throw one in there as well um, for the same time period um, for "Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee." I'm gonna go with "The Sun" by Philip Meyer. Came out uh, in 2013. Not exactly about Native Americans for the entire length of the book, but there is the best section of it. Oh, I read um, that. Yeah, it's a, the best section is when they deal with uh, Eli McCullough when he's in his younger days after he's kidnapped by a uh, Comanche tr- or Apache tribe. Yes. And grows up and gains a lot of his values living among them. I actually read that book because it was on your desk and we talked about yeah, it. Another long book. That was a long, you're obsessed with long books. I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. It's also a TV show with Pierce Brosnan on AMC if you are also looking to pick it up. Not as good as the book, but... Not bad at all. So okay. The Sun by Philip Meyer is another book if you were looking for some uh, another perspective on Native American life. Okay, uh, great. Back then. So then if you come down to the library to check this DVD out and any of these books, you can also check out. Jacob, tell us all about it. Yeah, that's right. We have the Buffalo Never Fails, the Queen City and World War One exhibit. That's going to be open down at the Central Library up on the second floor at 1 Lafayette Square. Um, it's a historically rich exhibit featuring the library's spectacular visual collection of local, national, and international posters from the World War I period. Um, it also has not only the posters and stuff, but it also has film footage, artifacts, um, several veterans organizations in the area kind of like pooled their resources and yeah. gave us a whole bunch. So it's actually a really, really cool collection. It's going to be running at the library for pretty much in the foreseeable future but you definitely should come and check it out yeah it looks great i mean we plugged it last week and i think we will occasionally because we're just really excited to have people come down and check it out yeah it's like so cool it's why why not why not come check it out for some awesome stuff like that (laughs) why not what's wrong with you get down here (laughs) okay so moving on uh, we're going to talk about a movie now that is in theaters that i highly recommend people go check out so jacob have you seen lady bird yet I have not. I have heard it's only the second movie with a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It has taken the world by storm. So it is written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who is best known for the indie film Francis Ha, which is kind of an indie darling, but that's that's my official. Not a fan of that one. That's my Rotten Tomato score. But yeah, like you said, the Lady Bird holds a perfect Rotten Tomato score, and that is because it's so poignant and funny. It is about, so Christine McPherson, who is played by Saoirse Ronan, who prefers to be called Lady Bird, because that is the name she gave herself. And it is just beautiful and insightful film about growing up and family, and particularly her relationship with her mother, who is played by Laurie Metcalf. Oh, I did not know Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, welcome, Aunt Jackie. We've been waiting for you. Where has she been? I mean, I've she's seen her pop big, up on The Big Man. Yeah, she's been on The Big Bang Theories, basically. She's also had a show on HBO for a little bit, but that 
that one did not. I watch. feel like she could be nominated for this. She was really fantastic. Well, this movie has a lot of buzz, both on um, well, on Cersei Ronan, for instance, uh, who made her debut in. Um, it's Saoirse Jacobs. Saoirse. Yeah, I'm I, sorry. She got, she got such a weird spelled name. I, I think Ryan Gosling was the one who was talking about her, and he's like, "It's not so hard. It's Saoirse. It rhymes with inertia." So right. You just just because look, I don't need Ryan Gosling telling me things I'm getting wrong. It's bad enough that we have his specter hanging over everybody all Ryan the time. Ryan Gosling, you can contact me and tell me everything that I'm doing wrong. I accept this. First it was Oprah, now it's Gosling. <laughs> We've got a growing list of enemies don't on this you, show. Don't you compare those. Ryan Gosling is not my enemy. Don't put that out there. What if he listens to this? I, well, of course he does. Anyway, um, but yeah, there's a lot of the squabbles between mother and daughter could really, they just take your breath away because they're relentless and they're cutting edge smart. But you know that deep down, they would both do anything for the other. Let's uh, play a short clip. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York. World did I raise such or at least snob. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom! You should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail, and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that scream at the end is because Lady Bird decides to jump out of the car. Just, you know, a straight up barrel roll right out the door. <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? But highly recommended. Um, you can wait until it comes into the library on DVD and Blu-ray, but it might be worth seeing in the theaters because it's going to be an Oscar contender. Yeah, this one's not. You, we say like a lot of time it's maybe going to be. This one, 100% mark it down, is going to be big name come award season this year. Yeah. And Saoirse Ronan, um, hopefully it's her time to be nominated for something because everything that I've seen her in, she is wonderful. I think I first saw her in Atonement. She was very young. Um, Brooklyn was kind of she was up a for big best, deal. She's up for Best Actress in Brooklyn, I think. That was a really lovely film. And Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, I love that movie. That is the only... Um, um, Paul West. Thomas, a Wes Anderson movie yeah. that I actually like. like. What? That is the only one. All right. I'm literally writing down a note that we need an episode talking about Wes Anderson because Fine. he's wonderful. He is not, except for mm-hmm. that one time. But anyway, we're getting off topic. Don't here. listen to Jacob. Don't always listen to me. And do you, what Sir Sharonin films do you like? Uh, the only, you know, I know, know her because I, she got such a good reputation, but Hannah is really the only one that I, really, <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing about? Hannah? Hannah? No, you know You're what? from Buffalo. It's Hannah. This movie is set in Europe. I am merely being uh, area appropriate. I guess it is true. I'm a, I'm a man of the world. Okay? I like the other characters because the whole time she just goes, Marisa Ziegla or something like that in that movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know. Marisa Ziegla. I don't even know if that's the name, but. What's a great debut when you come out with uh, Hannah and a spy movie starring Eric Bana? It's a great, great Yeah, start. that was a really good that was a really good film also. So yeah, go see Lady Bird and we'll probably talk about it a little more when it comes out on DVD because there's there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Oh, also real quick, I found this list of books that if you really liked Lady Bird, you know, you can't get enough of it, um, that these books would kind of help satisfy your craving for additional like-minded content. So there were a bunch, but um, Janet Fitch's White Oleander was on there. Oh, that's a rough book. That, But I really loved that book. Um, the Joy Luck Club was on there by Amy Tan, another wonderful one. And um, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. 
another good. coming of age classic. You're looking at me like I didn't read that. Well, you you know, weren't supposed to, but I did, and it was I, great. You know, it's, yeah, I'm, is it something to do with the traveling pants? Are they connected? Is like oh, a sequel? Boy. I don't know. It's not my demographic. Those oh, so all movies with women, Jacob? You're not interested in uh, making I, another note to that, talk about. I said <laughs> I watched White Oleander. I did. That not was enjoy a terrible. It, terrible movie and a wonderful book please anyone out there if you saw white oleander don't base the book on that come check the book out from the library that's a hot take michelle books are better than the movie that is yeah it's usually the case i'm not i'm not trying to be a total snob right now i'm just saying in white oleander in particular so anyway but let's uh let's move on to books so we talked about last week that it's cold and it's winter time <laughs> See why do we we don't need a sound effects board? Like we, yeah, we, we should have be up for up. the Academy Award for sound design. Oh boy! And that we wanted to talk about some long books, books that you know you want to curl up with for a long time because they have numerous pages. Yes, they're also good books. We're not just picking random books and being like big number pick. Mm-hmm. But so my suggestion this week is, and this is one of my all-time favorites. It's The Name of the Wind which is The King Killer Chronicles Book 1 by Patrick Rothfuss. Clocks in around 750 pages. I know you read it because I, I yelled at you to read you it. You made sure that I read that book. It's coming out with a TV show on Showtime, too, so it's going to be topical. It's so good. There's two books out in the series. There's also The Wise Man's Fear, which has just about 1,000 pages. So you can grab both and just not leave your house for weeks on end. Just knock them both out over the, over the wintertime. Yeah, they're really good. I'm not sure how to describe them. The main character, uh, Kavoth, it's a tale about how he's magically gifted. He grows up to be the most notorious wizard or magician the world has ever seen. And I'll just kind of leave it there. I will say this, though. I do need to warn any listeners, if you read these first two books and you're going to love them, that's inevitable. And you're going to want the story to conclude in the third book in the trilogy. But (laughs) he is kind of taking the George R.R. Martin path. And it feels like this third book is never going to be written. What is it with fantasy authors lately and just not finishing out their series? Why do they do this to us? See, my pick this week for my long book series, he did not have a problem knocking out all of his, well, mm-hmm. main content. And that would be the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. R. Tolkien. You're always pulling these unknown I know, small books. ones. It's got, they're actually... Lord, Lords of the Rings? What? They are finally... <laughs> going to give this a shot in uh, the TV realm by Amazon doing a prequel to the book series coming I'm up. I'm nervous about that. You should be. I would be very... The books worried. are the most perfect... Or the books... Yes, the books are perfect, but the movies are probably... Maybe my favorite films of all time. They're great. Um, it worries me for the series a little bit about how HBO passed on it, but that's a they story did? they did, which is worrying and confusing, but... Oh, no. We'll get into that. I actually, the day after Thanksgiving, I had the day off and I watched all three extended versions of the films that day. The Hobbit, of course. No, not The Hobbit. What what are you talking about? I watched all three Lord of the Rings movies. Oh. I. I want to take an unexpected journey. I can't really get behind The Hobbit films. I I love Peter Jackson. I love the world, but. The The second one's okay. Second one's all right. Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. After the second one, I actually just quit. So I well, never saw the third one. Don't bother. It's terrible. There was like a scene where they were rolling down the river in barrels. And in the theater, in my brain, I just went, oh, I'm checked out. 
Yeah. I'm not even here anymore. This I is, don't like this. This is what it's like when you stop caring about a movie. Yeah. And then one more because I like to end everything on a really low, depressing note. That's my style. But the book A Little Life by uh, Hanayana Girhara. I probably That's said great, that. Great, great, great work. <laughs> I feel like I said it right. N- nailed that it. It's like 100, 830 pages. And... This story follows four college classmates who are broke and broken and adrift and kind of only buoyed by their friendship and ambition. This is a warning to anyone because I do feel that this is a wonderful book. It is devastating in every way possible. It will sort of rip your soul out through your throat. So... So, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, it is really beautifully written. There's, she has a ton of talent. But, again, I cried so much. My husband at points was like, I'm going to throw that book away because it's destroying you. And I was like, it is. And I'm going to keep going. So. So, I don't. how do you follow up such a depressing idea? You know what? I got an idea. Hmm. Speaking of something that's going to be possibly super depressing, later this week... The newest edition in the Star Wars series yeah. is coming out. The Last Jedi releases on Thursday. Uh, boy, th- uh, the speculation and the ideas are off the chart on this movie. I and can't wait. I, I assume that you already purchased tickets. Oh, I got my tickets like <laughs> of the day of. Did. So of I am I am good. I am an opening show. I am going to be there. I'm going to be crying my eyes out probably with whatever betrayal is on the way for the of course for this movie. So no, I am I am really excited too. So maybe I probably won't be there the first day because, you know, I like to, I like to spread out a little. I need a little space. Yeah. But you go and try to avoid spoilers if you can. But okay. folks, go to your local movie theater this week. Check out The Last Jedi. Yeah. And then, you know, after Pick up that, the other ones at the library. Ex- what a great plug. That's what I do. That's All right. Good. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, I, again, am Michelle Snyder. I am Jacob Miracle. This is all booked up, and we really we had a good time with you. So take it easy. Oh, <laughs> I almost forgot, Jacob. What did you forget? Um, why did the book join the police? Why did the book join the police? Mm-hmm. Why? He wanted to go undercover. Oh. You love me. Oh. All right, take it easy, everyone. Bye.